Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 3. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore their impact on the world and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris. I play Iolana Makani, the Air Genasi Mystic, and you can find me at Killer on Twitter. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darwin Grimm, the Human Monk, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Nate on Twitter. Hi, I'm Shannon. I play Aranis Gray, also known as Gray the Great to my fans, and the Bard of the Bard's Rebellion. I am a half-elf bard, and you can find me at Skyren underscore Shannon on Twitter. And you can find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Morning comes. Darvin, as soon as you get up, the very first thing you notice is the unease at which you are connected. Trying to run or even walk would probably cause that leg to tear off. Not doing that. Arnis, what you notice is that spot of bone behind your ear has grown. Yeah. It is now halfway down your neck. Oh, dear. And has started to creep over your ear. Lovely. (sighs) And the town of Capris is waking up. Aside from all the very interesting action the three of you have been seeing in the past 24 hours, the rest of the town is still hurriedly preparing for the meeting to discuss what's happening with the withering. While the attack in the hotel is certainly news, It pales in comparison to bigger issues at hand. And as such, even though you are getting plenty of side eye as people go about their business and new folks come into town, nobody is really stopping to interact with you. Not on their own. But if there's anybody that you wanted to stop, that'd be a different story. Ilana, where do you go after you wake up? So I wake up and I kind of go through my morning meditations and all the kind of routine I have. And Seeing as this has been slightly more of an adventure than I was expecting, um, instead of donning my robes of a priest of Corbinal, I'm going to put on my armor. Uh, yeah, not walking around in robes anymore. Not happening. And uh, we'll go out. I'm going searching for uh, Samudio. Oh, he is certainly about. We can definitely go see Sam. He is also staying at the hotel when he sleeps in the hotel. However, as Arnis and Darwin would have noted by this point, that doesn't mean he is staying in other people's rooms this time. He is often out and about in the middle of the night, as I've mentioned before. Uh, He has been wandering through the woods. He is not eating nearly enough. He's looking scrawny and almost mangy. But that's just from malnutrition. He's not taking care of himself. And you find him in his Tamani form as he exits his hotel room. I'm going to approach him. Mm-hmm. 
trying to give off a vibe not of violence or any sort of danger. And and uh, let's see, Mister. Uh, excuse me. Are you are you Samudio? Yes. What? Hello, young lady. What can I do? I I I don't want to be a a bother, but I, I'm I'm an associate of a friend of yours, and I was was wondering if we could we could talk about some things. I'm not sure I'm rightfully in the mood. What is this about, more specifically? Well, I'm. Uh, your friend works for the same people that I work for, and we had some questions. Very kind of knowingly, like, wink, wink. <laughs> I think Sam looks at your knowing wink, winks, just kind of rolls his eyes a little bit. <sighs> All right, come on. I'm heading out. All right, I'll... He walks out of the hotel. Are, are you going to follow Yes, him? yes, I'm okay. going with him. He pauses to glance at what's happening in the middle of the street there. Seeing that things are mostly under control, he's going to like look down, shake his head a little bit. He's going to head towards the trees just on the outskirts of town, right where Darwin has been chopping wood. As he gets out there, he just starts clawing at trees, kind of in frustration. Fun. Okay. So, Mr. Samudio, um, I, I was wondering if you would answer some of my questions. I'm not going anywhere else right now. So ask away. Okay, you do understand who I work for? I got an idea. Wonderful. Then we won't have to say that out loud. Okay. So, um, first of all, I have to thank you for your willingness to, to comply with my questions. Your associates were not quite as kind. I just don't have the energy to argue with you right now. So, Okay, well, I will be brief and as polite as, as I possibly can in this situation. And I kind of sit down and pull out my notebook and flip to a couple pages and I go, okay, so Mr. Sumudio, if you could please tell me, um, we've been able to track all of your actions up to the Bard's Rebellion and afterwards, what can you tell me happened after you boarded the ship to leave? Well, actually, we know you got here. So what was the first thing that happened after you arrived here? We went to a party for a god. And I kind of look at my notes and, uh, and I go, oh, that was the, the elven god, right? She was out here, correct? Yeah. What? What are you, a journalist? You just write about fluff pieces? I'm not working for that group. Ob um, obviously. My, my, my goal is... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My goal is to find out all the information I can about Vale so that we can discern their location and whether or not we need to move forward with our investigation with them. Okay. Uh, roll persuasion. That's a crit. Sam stops like mid scrape through the bark on a tree. You better ask the important questions first and leave the talks about the parties for later. Okay. So what was your first destination after you left here? We went to a beach house to go see a mage. Let's see. Well, as much as I would love all of the information about that, I'm going to respect your time. Um, did anything dr extremely significant happen in those actions? I mean, we killed him. Okay. What type of mage was he? You have not done your homework, have you, girl? Like I said, we've been following up until this point. You're the first person I've been able to speak to. It was a chaos mage. Another he one. He had okay. a mask. After Vale killed them and removed it, he turned into a boy. Interesting. 
Not the words I would use. And this this is a kill you would attribute attribute to Vale? Yes. Okay, wonderful. You keep in score? It's important for my notes that I'm thorough. All right, moving along. I do have it on decent authority that the group was headed toward the uh to the toward the celestial temple. Did you reach your destination? Yes, we did. And at any point did Vale reveal anything about the denouement to the celestials? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, I would like to roll an insight check. Oh, he's about to roll a deception check. <laughs> uh, that's a one on the die. <laughs> cool. Cool. <sighs> Sam's lies go unnoticed. Good job, yeah, Sam. 13 on the die. Well, I mean, we redacted it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Anything. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Nobody saw me do it. You can't prove anything. Exactly. Okay. Okay, wonderful. Um, so, no information was revealed at the Celestials. Then, uh, where did you go after the interaction with the Celestials? Well, let's see. We've been to Bristol Shores, Crowbar, the Frost Swamps, back here. Any of those important? Uh, was there any interaction with any of any higher ups within the government or the king's uh, the king's order? <sighs> uh, there's some commander in Crowbar. I don't know if you care about them. Uh, at any point, do you believe Vale's uh, cover would have been broken? I wasn't keeping tabs on them. Okay, thank you. Uh, and then you said you returned here. What happened when you returned here? Because According to my notes and our searches, Vale's not in town. Uh, no, they are not in town. I have no idea where they are. You see that crater over there? As he points back towards town where Pat's shop was, and it's now basically a collapsed sinkhole. Got it. That happened. Okay, so you're saying you returned here and the crater happened... Um, could you fill in some details here? Where was Vale the last time you saw them? What sort of mental state were they in? We're, we're trying to find them. We were in there last I saw. You were in the crater? It wasn't a crater yet. And who else was there with you? Uh, my friends. That would be the monk and the bard? Yeah. Was there anyone else present? They're all dead now. Okay, so who died in this we'll call it conflict. There was a gang led by the worst person I've ever known and the shopkeeper. Okay. Now you're going to have to educate me. Oh yeah. That's not a good deception roll. I'm going to go ahead and roll inside on that too. And I crit failed again. That die is going away. That die is going away. Okay, so we're going to look at some of my Inquisitor powers here because we're not having any luck. <laughs> Inquisitor. Shopkeeper's name was Patches. He was just a boy. Doesn't mean he was innocent, but... <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so you're saying the shopkeeper was a boy and hanging out with a gang. I'm having a hard time understanding how we get a crater out of that math. Could you walk me through the situation that happened? I'm not the person you need to be talking to. I was there, but I was barely conscious. Okay, Mr. Samudio, I'm, I'm 
starting to get at least better understanding of the whole path to where we are now. And you were telling me you have no idea where Vale is at this point. I'm trying to remember right now if Sam was even conscious when that happened. I don't think he was. I don't think it was Oh, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. All I know is when I came to, that place was coming down on our heads. And if it weren't for Aranus, we'd all be buried in there right now. If Vale had been down there and alive, there's no way he would have left them. Okay. I'm going to ask you just one more question before I leave. And I am actually going to use ability for this. What's the ability uh, here? The ability is called Forceful Query. God, I hate you. <laughs> it's, a, it's an action. And all I do is ask one question. Mm-hmm. A creature that can see or hear me within 30 feet. The question must be phrased so that it can be answered with a yes or no. Otherwise, the ability fails. Mm -hmm. The target must succeed on a wisdom save or it replies with a truthful answer. A creature is immune to the ability if it's immune to being charmed. He is not immune to being charmed. He's quite charming, but he's not immune to being charmed. (laughs) Normally very charming. Okay, what is the DC? 16. 16 on wisdom. Uh, No, he fails. Mr. Sumudio, do you believe that your traveling companions know where Vale is. Question for Aranus and Darvin real fast. Yes. After the immediate fallout of the fight with Patches, how much information did you share with Sam? Specifically regarding Vale's disappearance. I would have told Aranus what I knew, and I don't think I would have kept it from Sam. It's really just a question of, if we had thought to have the discussion with him, because he may not have been conscious when I told Aranus. Okay, so it's sounding like a yes from Darwin. Probably. It was agreement from Aranus? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, because I would assume that as soon as Sam was able to, he would ask what happened, and mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't have kept it from him. Yeah, we trust Sam. We wouldn't have lied about that. Yeah, there would have been, I mean, and at that point, like... Okay. There's no reason for Arnus to keep anything. Okay. Agree. In which case, uh, Ilana, please repeat the question. Uh, Sam, do you believe that your companions know where Vale is? No. Oh, okay. That's interesting. All right. Well, then I'm not going to take any more of your time. Thank you for answering my questions. All right. Well, you know, let this old dog buy you a drink. You know what? You answered my questions. Let me buy you one. Okay. And the two of you head off towards the blue crab and start having some drinks. It's early, but Cynthia has seen Sam in here this early before, and him being in Tamani form is no longer a shock, so she will gladly serve the two of you. There's probably only a couple people in the bar right now. It's still pretty early. So let's get on to what happens next. So everybody, Darwin and Arnis, Felicity out in the street with Pavia and Izun, Iolano with Samudio in the tavern. It starts with a few murmurs. Those of you out in the street catch it earlier because these people see it and start heading towards the docks. Ilana, you and Sam don't notice it right away, but someone comes in and just says, oh, hey, you guys got to see this. Never seen a ship like this before. And a couple of the locals quickly head out. They just want to 
gape at whatever site this is. It's a very weird time, so something intriguing is going to catch their eye. It's not so much gloom and doom like with everybody turning to bone. Does anybody want to follow these people? I was told to stay put. Same, and I'm a little worried about walking. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. I'm always up to look at something new. I will go. Okay. Darvin and Arnis, as you wait under the shade of Izun for the god of plants. We'll get to that. (laughs) Townsfolk and visitors are quickly rushing towards the docks to see just what this is. Ilana and Sam, you see all of this entirely. These murmurs quickly grow to widespread awe as a supremely opulent ship pulls out of a fog and approaches Capris. It anchors dangerously close to these full docks. They send a smaller vessel, every bit as opulent, to the shore. The townsfolk stare as four of the finest-dressed individuals they have seen disembark, accompanied by what everyone assumes are personal bodyguards, and they step ashore one by one. Princess Colette, Mobic Tribeless, Gimbal Ningle, and Ikiri the Ageless move with purpose through the crowd and into the town with their companions, as they make sure no one gets too close. These members of the Glamour are unknown to you, especially Iolana. Yep. (laughs) Save Ikiri and Mistress Sangal as they walk down the street. The townsfolk have no problem giving these people space. The sight of a masked Medusa with an armored air elemental a Goliath with a silvery dragon woman, a gnome being led by a hulking polar bear Tamani, and a tattooed man with glowing halo-like light behind his head, and a stern woman whose robes are covered in runes beside him, instinctively tell all these people that the strangers are to be given as much space as they want. They move with a purpose. First, to the bar. Darvin and Arnis, I think from your spot in the street, you can catch a glimpse of these folks. Uh, Ikiri certainly looks familiar. Yeah. Iolana, these are all strangers. All very wealthy strangers. What does anybody do? Or, sorry, would anybody like to interact with our new guests? How would we recognize Ikiri again? From Vale's memory. Ah, right. Working with Patches. Yeah. Ah. Who kind of murdered memory Mistress Sangal. She's here too. Oh, yeah. Much nicer robes this time. She looks older than she did in the memory. Ikiri does not. I'm not going to go anywhere. I look at Darwin and go. And I go, at least those two. And I give a point to Ikiri and Mistress Sangal. If they're here, it's not for a good reason i'm gonna just like casually glance over to them with that and just nod in agreement your head slides a little bit more than you'd like as you nod in agreement (laughs) but you're able to stop it before it falls off oh good i gotta be careful nodding and shaking my head (laughs) don't ask me any yes no questions (laughs) oh i 
I want to do more than just that, but I did I see them go to the bar? Is yeah, the they're bar? about to go into the bar. They're like right they're, in front of the bar. They're right like now. right in front of the bar. Yeah. Would we have seen Sam and Eliana go into yeah, the yeah, bar? That's, that's, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's what we're talking about. Hey, oh god, what are the what are what are my plant folks' names? What are their <sighs> names? Because I want to use their names. <laughs> Pavia and Izun, who is still acting as a nice canopy over your spot in the middle of the road. I'll t- I'll talk to Pavia. Uh, Pavia, I don't want to go far, but I need to go talk to them. I won't leave your sight. That should be fine. Oh, okay. Well, I've. Even if you're out of my reach, you won't be out of Brumbles. Oh, I'm not even going to go that far. Hey, you guys. <laughs> Wait, who are you calling to? These two. Oh, Iolana and Samudio. Iolana and Samudio. I thought you were talking about the glamour. No, I'm not going over there. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I just want these because somebody needs to go tell somebody that those two are like bad news because I don't know who anybody else is, but... I know them. Do I know their names? I know Akiri's name because Pat just said it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you know both of their names. Both of them? Okay. Pretty sure Mr. Singal's name got said. Okay. Okay. So I like I call them over and like I go part way and then have them come right, part sure. way. Do you yeah, want to go? go over? Yeah. Right. Sam follows. Uh, we have a problem. Not like personally, but the town has a problem. I take a look around at the bone people <laughs> in the streets. The, and I, those two. And I point out Mr. Sengal and Akiri, and I name them. And oh, so very long time ago, not that long ago, long enough ago, they used to work for the God of Chaos. I don't know if they stopped or if they still are. What I do know is that they're dangerous. They are what we would call bad people. If they are here, that is no good for anyone. And and I'm sorry, how do you know that they've worked for the God of Chaos? I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> so I'm supposed to take your word on this. Sam will just nod. <sighs> if Vale was standing here, they would tell you the same thing. Okay, let's talk about Vale. Let's not talk about Vale. I can't go anywhere. I have to stay with the plant folks. They are awful. I don't care who you tell. Tell someone. Because I can't leave this spot. So tell someone to do something about them. <laughs> okay, Artis. You, you seem to be one willing to make deals. I will do as you've asked. Motherfucker. <laughs> and I will go right to the Count and the Countess. Please. As long as you agree to answer my questions when I return. Fine, I'll fucking talk to you about Vale. Just go. <sighs> okay. And I will go to do that. Okay, so Ilana is headed off to the Driftwood house to go see Count Vera and Countess Arena? Uh, yes, that is the plan. Oh, thank God. Okay. Oh, this is going to be really um, bad. I'm so torn between which of the two things I want to follow right now. <laughs> These are both great. Let's follow Iolana. I want to go see the Count and the Countess again. They're fun. So you head into the Driftwood house. It is busy. Most of the visiting dignitaries are staying here, including people that you have not seen yet in your brief time in Capris. They're all strangers to you. 
but Count Vera and Countess Arena can be found in the Grand Hall. It's the same place where they had the party with Olenir. And they are busy directing people to set this up for a formal meeting. It appears that Count Vera is taking the withering much less well than Countess Arena. The bone has progressed almost entirely up her left side, and she moves stiffly. She's shorter. She's a little bit rounder. In the past, I've described her as a Betty White type. <laughs> Whereas Countess Serena is a bit taller, a bit more plain, dull hair. Her arm has withered, but it's not yet ensconced in bone. What do you do? Well, before I approach, I'm going to take a moment to focus my mind, using my psychic focus for nomadic mind, which gives me... I uh, can choose a skill and have proficiency with it until my focus ends. Ooh, what skill is that? Persuasion. <laughs> okay. Just curious which way this was going. Persuasion. All right. That, and the way that kind of looks, it's just literally like I stop for a moment and it's like a breath in and then I just keep moving. It's a very simple adjustment mentally. Okay. And I approach the two of them humbly. Uh, they're actively preparing right right now. They're actively directing people to prepare. They're not doing physical labor themselves. They are nobility after all. And I kind of stop at at, at an appropriate distance. Mm -hmm. And I say, um, Count and Countess, I would like to approach and speak with you. I think despite her condition, Count Vera will still be the more personable one. Uh, And she will turn stiffly to you. More because of her physical ailment rather than her being standoffish. Oh, hello, young miss. It is a very busy time, but we will certainly help if we can. That is, after all, what we're trying to do. um, I'm coming to relay a message from one of your... mm, One of the people currently residing in the village. There is a belief that two members of the group that just arrived in town may be of an extremely... I think the exact words they used were evil variety oh i'm sure i just said dangerous and bad but yeah sure you can shorthand that to evil Um, very bad people we have asked many many people to come here some whom we not always choose to associate with can you be more specific did you give me names Yes. Okay. So then I will share their names and their descriptions and, and, and say that this person mm-hmm. was very adamant that these people were dangerous and not out for the best of everyone involved. Oh. Well, we don't know them personally, but we do know them to be people of great influence and wealth. And if they are here to help, that is one thing. But if they're here to, if they have other less beneficent matters in mind that is another this person did bring up a concern that they had served the god of chaos at one point <sighs> what would you have us do about these people i i would simply request that you take heed when working with them and this person really just asked me to warn you that they were not to be trusted essentially that was the gist mm-hmm. of what i got all right. Uh, roll persuasion. Not rolling the die that had two ones already tonight. That's better. With my bonus, that's a 19. Hmm. I'm sorry. No, that's bad math. That's a 20. Well, we'll certainly have people keep an eye on them. 
But if they truly are here to help, we need every willing soul that we can. You can let your friends know that we will be aware. Is there anything else? I kind of take a look around and take in the building. It's a very fancy, large mm-hmm, building. Yeah, it's very fancy, very large. Yeah. And just go, uh, I just kind of say, um, this is really kind of awesome. Have you lived here the whole time you've been here? I'm kind of like <laughs> kind of awed by it. The Driftwood House is the home of nobility here in Capris, yes. I would love to come back at some point and just kind of marvel at the architecture and, and the art in the room, if, if that would be okay. Once we settle the matter at hand, we'll be more than happy to open up for tours again. Well, uh, thank We've you. We've got an epidemic, though, if you hadn't noticed... I, I have, and, and I'm sure we will, as a, as a people around the world, find a solution for this issue. Your manners are impeccable, miss. If there's nothing else we really do need to finish preparing, we are simply waiting on a representative from the Capitol before we can start our meetings. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I, I very much appreciate it and for your consideration. We'll, we'll, I'll be going. Okay. It was a pleasure to meet you. You too. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, while Iolana is in the Driftwood House, talking with Count Vera, Countess Arena, Darwin and Arnis, from your spot in the middle of the road, you watch as the members of the Glamour approach the Blue Crab. And Horatio, the heir elemental with Princess Colette, blows the door open. Not off the hinges, but it just opens with a loud bang. And you hear some, like, Gasps of startlement from within. And before Princess Colette, the Medusa with the mask, before she enters in, she simply announces, We must have a party. Bring your entertainers. And she enters in. Most of the rest of the glamour follows suit. Goes in. Gimbal Ningle, the gnome. (laughs) Enters in, but his bear Tamani friend stays outside, watching the door, very much like a bouncer. <laughs> and it is minutes later that Cynthia comes running out to find Darwin and Arnis in the middle of the street. And she comes begging to you, Arnis. These rich folk just arrived and they really want to have a party. We need music. <laughs> Arnis slightly rolls his eyes. Says, you're going to have to ask (laughs) Pavia if it's okay if I go with you. And I basically point up, like, to Pavia, like, this is Pavia. Mm Mm-hmm. See, what is Pavia's response? And I just tell him that we are waiting for someone. Pavia will turn and look down at Cynthia and say, We are waiting for our Lord Brumble to judge the sinners. You may bring the festivities to us. (laughs) I mean, I could just start playing. They may just come back out. Unless I suck. And then they won't. I say that to Cynthia. Oh, okay. But apparently, and I point back up at Pavia again, I can't leave. You should be here when Brumble arrives. Yes, I agree with you. I'm not disputing that fact. (laughs) I also don't really want to go play for those rich folks, but Mm -hmm. 
at least two of them are dickheads. So. Right. <laughs> I think Cynthia's going to run back to the bar and try to arrange for a street party. And I'll just, like, to help her, I guess, convince them, I'll just start playing. Okay. Roll performance. Yeah. Yeah, it's a 21. Very nice. Oh, no, wait. Oh, no, that's a lie. I'm sorry. That's a 25. <laughs> oh, 25. 21. Very nice. 21. Darvin, what are you doing right now? I think I'm probably just, like, sitting somewhere trying to hold my head in place. Real okay. casual, like this. Real casual. <laughs> Real casual, holding your head and holding lean your the, neck. Yeah, like, yeah. Leaning the arm on the head on the arm, like, mm, you know, mm-hmm. gotta get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. oh, dear. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I can't help you. There are so many different things that I want to do right now. Okay. I think I want to make one thing fun then first. Um... <laughs> First, I want to ask a question, uh, Darfin. Are you standing, laying down? Are you, like, sitting down, leaned up against Izun? Yeah. Uh, what's I, going on? I would be sitting, leaning against something, because I'm worried about putting too much stress on either my leg or my head. So, standing seems like the safest. Okay. You mean sitting? Sitting, yes, sitting. <laughs> are you leaning back against Izun, then? Yeah. you're in the middle of the street. Okay. Um, yeah, so I can kind of put my hand on my head and my elbow against something. In which case, I think as you're leaning back against the, like, the trunk of them that makes up this canopy, you just slowly feel a few tentacles reach out around your head just to kind of hold your head up straight. Aww. Aww. Thanks, bud. We need you ready to speak with Brumble when they arrive. Even if I'm a brumbling idiot. <laughs> okay. Okay. Arnis. Yeah. You're in the street playing your loot. Playing M. Uh, yep. Who's joining in on the action. Yep. Singing harmony. Yep. And the members of the glamour begin to approach. Colette first. The first thing you notice are probably the snakes she has for hair, denoting her as a Medusa. She has a solid streak of them that have turned to bone. The next thing you notice would probably be her mask, covering her face and protecting you and Darwin and everybody else around from what Medusas do naturally. And then you notice that she also has bone coming up, up from her neck and creeping underneath the mask. Horatio, the armored air elemental, stands just behind her, expressionless. Oh, I guess her with a mask, also expressionless. (laughs) (laughs) Quickly joined by a very large Goliath with a silvery dragon woman who is also showing signs of withering. One of her legs and one of her arms have grown quite thin. And you can see the bone growing from that side now. They are quickly joined by a very large bear man with a gnome on their shoulder. Gimbal appears to enjoy your music very well, almost dancing on this giant bear man's shoulder. But quickly pushing through them is Akiri with Mr. Sengal trying to rein him in. 
and he rushes right up to you and Darwin and Felicity and the plants, and he is enraptured by your music. And he pulls a coin pouch off of his belt. It appears very hefty in his hand, and he just drops it at your feet, and you hear a very loud jingle. It says, you, play, play more, don't stop. And as he is listening to you and M, he just stares at you in wonderment. What do you guys do? I do nothing. Okay. I just watch Arnis. Uh, Arnis is, is visibly taken aback, right? Like he doesn't have time to like hide his surprise under like a veil of like, hey, this is fun. People are like rushing the stage and yeah, like woo, party. Okay. Uh, so he's like wide eyed. I think in all his years of performing, like he's never had anybody do that. <laughs> Like, not the dropping money at his feet, right? Mm-hmm. He used to busk all the time. But the just, like, complete amazement by him. Once Arnis regains his composure, still playing, of course, because yeah, that's you're a bard. what he does. He says, uh, do I know you? No. No, I don't believe we've met. But I will pay you for your songs. I Okay. I'll play as long as I can. Okay. Or just keep playing? Yeah. Okay. Ilana, by the time Ooh. you emerge from the Driftwood house, a crowd has gathered around Darvin and Aranus. <laughs> Cynthia is getting some of her bar hands to bring drinks out and bring refreshments out, like food and meats and cheeses and veggies and dips and stuff. Welcome to my life, Ilana. Welcome. This is I, uh, the kind of shit that happens to me. So Yolanda comes out and she sees that I see this. Do I see her? Yeah. The minute I see her, I shoot her this look with like the biggest like, <laughs> like face I can make. Oh, no, I can talk telepathically to her. Wait, does she, she have to, to initiate, initiate it? it. Yeah. Don't oh, worry, sh- I'm going to initiate oh, it. Shit. Sorry. <laughs> Whoa. Yolanda is just going to get close enough and I don't think I have to be like 120 feet. It's not, it's, yeah. it's not very close. And I'm just going to um, telepathically tell Ernest, so are you trying to not talk to me still? This is very immature, Ernest. In my head, still playing. In my head, I'm going to think shout (laughs) at Iolana. What the fuck are you talking about? I got ambushed with these motherfuckers. This is not what I wanted. I didn't ask for this. They said play. So I'm fucking played because I don't want my boss that lady. Sorry, Cynthia, because I can't point because I'm playing. I don't want her to be in deep shit with these people when I already know they're bad news. So why don't you just fucking chill? (laughs) (laughs) Such a brat. Would you like to react? You're respond? a brat. I hope that's what you're saying. I'm a brat. No. Uh, let's see. How do I respond? It's very rude. Fuck off. Arnis. Well, fine. I guess I'll go talk to Darvin first then. I walk over and sit next to Darvin. Go for it. Okay, so I walk over and I sit next to Darvin and I open my notebook and I say, okay, Master Grim, let's, uh, we seem to have some time here. Let's have a discussion. <laughs> We're fucking doing this. 
Was I privy to the conversation where Arana said he would tell you stuff? I don't think so. Maybe. I agreed to talk to you. Yeah. I don't know if he oh, did. No, I know. So I'm going to be like, what? What do you want to know? <laughs> well, I, um, first of all, thank you for being so polite. I guess, really, we're just going to keep this simple. Uh, I've had a conversation with... Uh, <laughs> With uh, Samudio, and it was very informative. I just have a few questions about your actions with uh, who you know as Vale. Since you all arrived in this town, left, and came back. If you could answer those for me, that'd be very helpful. Ask, I'll tell you what I can. Wonderful. Could you tell me if you think at any point Vale spoke about their employment to the Celestials? No. Please roll deception. Vale did not speak to the Celestials about their employment. This is not a lie. That's true. I I still want you to roll a deception here. I I don't think we're going to split hairs between say and reveal. All right, fine. Because we're going to get there anyways. That's a four. And I'm rolling insights. Thank God I have a bonus to that. I rolled a nine. Okay. Master Grim, this will go a lot easier if you tell me the truth, please. Yeah, I think we're done here. (laughs) Do you intend to run away? Oh, shit. No. Well, then I don't think we're done here. Is that a threat? No, are you going to run away from me? No. Fine. You're not done. I am. Keep asking your questions. All right, then let's just jump to the uh, most important one. Where is Vale? Oh. Okay, let me think about this. Out of character. I have to... Mm-hmm. Pretty sure you could genuinely say, I don't know. No, but I no, do know. No, he does. Well, yeah. you, you know negatives. Don't I, wait. Don't I know that they're in Coram's realm? When you spoke to Coram, he revealed to you that Vale is not in the normal world, but also not in his realm. Okay. they had not gotten there yet. Ah, uh, And you have okay. not spoken to Coram since. Okay, I see. So, lest you know, they are not in the world of the living, and they are not in the world of the dead. Do I know yet that Eliana is Denouement? Yolanda. You would have put that together. I used Vale's full name, and I had all of your information and all of uh, Arnest's information just at the drop. In that case, I don't think I have any issue sharing what I know on this. Good. Look, as far as I know, last I knew, Vale is neither in the world of the living nor in Coram's realm. Fascinating. Can you explain to me how that works? How what works? Well, how can you not be in the realm of the dead or the realm of the living? Where are you then? Honestly, I don't know. I'm kind of writing all of this down in my journal. Okay, so you're a monk of Coram. How did you come by this information? My god told me. Coram himself told you this? This is fascinating, and I'm writing. I'm just writing novels. And when was that the last time you spoke to the God of the Dead? Okay, can I, I can see this yeah. happening, like, across the thing. Like, Darwin's like, what? And she's, like, scribbling, and in his head, still playing, Arnis is like, who the fuck is this chick? <laughs> like, what in the world? What? <laughs> okay, keep going. You asked when I last spoke to Quorum? Yes. Last night, actually, but 
Phil didn't come up this time. I was a tad <laughs> preoccupied. Okay. Three occupied. Yeah. I had fallen to pieces. I, I was there. I know what happened. I saw it. <laughs> the three pieces that is. It was also fascinating. I mean, that, that's this whole situation has to be because you're so close to the God of the Dead, right? I mean, you should be dead. I should be. I mean, isn't what isn't the first rule of quorum now that like the dead stay dead? More or less. I mean, are you at all concerned for your abomination? I'm not worried about it. <laughs> Taking notes. <laughs> okay, but very quickly, I just want to clarify. You don't know where Vale is, except they are not in the realm of the living, and they're not in the realm of the dead. Last I heard, that is correct. Okay, thank you. I think as this little interrogation is wrapping up, Aranus... Ikiri remains standing in front of you, listening enraptured. He's freaking me out, man. <laughs> and quickly, like without looking, kind of pats behind him at Mistress Sangal and like puts an open hand out, like, eh, gimme. And she pulls out a coin purse and gives it to him. Oh my god. Well, it was all that money we lost. It's back now. <laughs> he doesn't drop it on the ground in front of you just yet. No. Musician. If you would, I would like to hire you for a private show. <laughs> I will pay you another 500 gold. Damn. Need that money. That'll make up for everything you've lost. Well, financially and monetarily. <laughs> Ooh, this guy scares the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> 500 gold. Uh... Not enough. I can get more. I, no. mm. <laughs> Negotiate, Arnis. Mm. Mm. Bit of a problem. I can't tell you why, but I literally cannot leave like this spot until I take care of like the business I'm attending to. I'm stuck right here. <laughs> That's why you all came out here. Okay, I'll just pay everybody else to leave. <laughs> I, okay, so like these two, and I, I point at my, my plant friends, and uh, that guy and the woman he's talking to, they have to stay. They don't like money? No, they do like money, but they're on the same business that I'm on. We have to stay here. Here, right here. Except I can't point the way I mm -hmm. want to right now because I'm still okay, a thousand playing. gold. I can't. Two thousand. I can't move on the orders of a god. What money has a god ever given you? <sighs> well, that's a fucking fair point. <laughs> However, I really I can't. Hmm. Does it help if it's a matter of like life and death? Yours. Yes. <laughs> then I guess I should wait. I don't really have a choice, so... Motions back to Mistress Sengal, who um, runs off and grabs a chair for him, like brings it for him to sit down. <laughs> he, he's scaring me a little. <laughs> Arnis has a fan. Arnis is second creepy fan, but this one's legitimately creepy and not just an extra lovey fan. <laughs> Your little friend in Honey Hollow. I miss Quince. I missed Quinsterments. <laughs> what 
the simpler time it was then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to go back and hang out with Quince. <laughs> okay. As soon as Akiri sits down, he takes that coin purse that Mr. Sengal had given him. Fuck, that's a lot of money. And hands it back to her. It's just like, pay off all of these peasants. Get them out of here. I want as private a show as I can. Oh and she God. starts turning around just paying people off. And they just turn and leave. <laughs> It's not creepy at all. Isn't it weird that Arnas feels a little dirty right now? <laughs> just uh, like a little bit. He does not like it. What? This isn't a champagne room. <laughs> I know, but it's it's weird what's happening right now. This doesn't happen to Arnas. He plays for rooms full of people. He doesn't do like one on ones. Are you still playing though? Yeah. Roll another performance check. Oh damn. What's going to happen to me if I start playing really crappy? Oh, God. My life is already in danger. <laughs> Someone should just, like, shoot me in the head right now, because <laughs> I feel like everything is going to just go sideways. It's a good thing I've got a high bonus, because that was a two on the die. But it's okay, because it comes to a 15. <laughs> That's like three twos you've rolled tonight. I know. Ugh. I think what happens is you start faltering under his intense stare. Yeah. <laughs> but M is trying to make up the difference. Um, everybody roll perception. There's lots of things right now. Ooh. Not Let's ooh. start with um, Darwin. Nine. Ilana. Nineteen. Aranus. Twenty. Ooh. <laughs> Way to and so mature. Darvin, I think all you notice is uh, just a brief shadow passes over. Ilana and Aranus, though. I think you can both tell that Aranus's playing is less proficient than it was a few minutes ago. But at the sound of M joining in and singing along, he's more reacting to M than to Aranus. Kyria is drawn to her. <sighs> What race is Akiri again? Uh, we don't know. Oh, we don't know. People have assumed Celestial because of that nice glowing halo type thing he has behind his head. Right. But you've been to the Celestial Temple. Um, he not a Celestial. That does not look like a Celestial. He does not look like a Like, they don't have that halo. Okay. He's a little bit bulkier. He's not, like, swole. He's not big buff, dude. <laughs> swole. <laughs> Scott just said swole. <laughs> And you did not notice any, and you did not see any celestials with tattoos. Ah. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Interested in my loot. Okay. So. I'm still weirded out, but I'm like less weirded out now. Mm-hmm. And he puts down a smaller coin purse for your playing. That's fine. There's still probably like a hundred gold in there. Oh my God. Do Should I keep track of this now or should I make sure I get to keep it before I... He has so far paid you six hundred gold. Should I should I write yeah, that down? Write that down. Okay. He's not taking it back. I just I want to make sure that like if something like goes terribly wrong in the next few minutes, that he's not gonna take it back. Oh yeah, this. You should start a separate what you yeah. actually yep. have list. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm just all gonna, of that money is just not. With I'm just you gonna right do now. this. That's all with veil. Just really lightly. Yeah. Over that. And just start a. Oh look, book three. How convenient. Veil's bribing the dead now. <laughs> Hey, I actually, <laughs> I made some money, Darwin. 
Bard style. Nice. Mm. All right. 600 gold. That'll get us going. Darvin. While Aranis and Ilana are keeping close watch on Akiri and the vast amount of money he is spending on a bard in the middle of the street, you saw that shadow pass over. Then you see it pass over again, and it starts getting bigger. Uh. And you see a dark shape preparing to land on the other end of the street behind you. Crap. Would you like to turn and see what that is? Yes. Okay. As you move to wrench your head around to see it, you feel Izun's vines kind of help your head along. (laughs) So it doesn't fall off. You've got a god to answer to, trying to keep you comfortable, at least in one piece. And at the other end of the road, the last person that Count Vera and Countess Arena have been waiting for has arrived. And this huge black dragon with a bone tail lands and an orc hops off and she shrinks down into the somewhat familiar, now bony form of Ezebeth. The Inquisitor that you met in Crowbar. Oh, good. And she is quickly approaching your position in the middle of the street. Because you all are an oddity. (laughs) What do you do, Darvin? I'm going to ask the tree. Sorry, Izun. 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 Yeah. That's not your god, is it? Pointing to Ezebeth. No, we don't worship dragons. I knew that. I just... I don't know. Weird stuff is happening. Our Lord Brumble is much like us. Or we are like them. In their wisdom. Yes, we are like them. I'm gonna just yell out to Arnis. I know Arnis is busy playing and I'm trying not to distract him, but <laughs> I want him to be aware that Isabeth is here. Without getting up. Or moving. I think that's fine. <laughs> um... I look over in that direction as I'm still playing, and my Garnus's eyes at some point today are just going to pop right out of his head. <laughs> um, and and my <laughs> eyes just get really, I would call it, oh shit, big. That's <laughs> <laughs> how big my eyes get. Like, uh, it's that lady, and I like. Turn like I don't want to stop like facing Akiri, but I just kind of s- turn this way a little bit so that like I'm not like facing her. I don't know where she is She's in relation from to me. Oh, good. So she can't see me except for my trademark tight pants. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. And your trademark singing loot. Shh, it's fine. Well, she wouldn't know that. Uh, she doesn't you- know anything about my loot. Fine. An inspector general doesn't know anything about the instrument that the bard of the Bard's Rebellion carries. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Um, whatever. I just keep playing. Cause okay. Fuck. All right. So the three of you. Crap. What were all the lies we told her? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So I can remember all of them. Oh, the big one was that we were going to take Brumble's mantle to the capital after eventually mm-hmm. along with bear and misha who is still in town somewhere that shit ain't happening now because <laughs> we done blowed it up 
<laughs> Curious, oh. how good of an inquisitor is she? Has she put that together? And she approaches the lot of you in the middle of the road, Fuck. hanging out under Izun's canopy. Still playing. Mm-hmm. And Ezabeth and Churlet Az approach your position in the middle of the road. They stop just behind you, Aranis, Darvin, and the Iolana. She stamps her foot down, crosses her arms. Why am I not surprised to see you people here at the center of this? You people, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> wait, wait, really, Darvin? I mean, that's how it sounded. It sounded kind of prejudiced. The people who overthrew one city. She put that together, did she? <laughs> she already knew. It's common knowledge. I thought she already knew. About the Bard's Rebellion? But she didn't put together that you were the Bard. Oh, yeah, yeah. It matter the first time. She didn't know immediately then, but she's been to the capital and back now. She's been able to collate some intelligence. Yes, you people. The Bard's Rebellion. Why am I almost certain you've had a hand in this one, too? This what? This situation. Oh, I thought, this you, problem. I thought you meant this rebellion, and I was like, there hasn't been a rebellion here that I know of. <laughs> she, like, you see the claws in her feet just like dig into the ground and crunch some dirt. <laughs> so I'm going to, still playing. Uh-huh. I'm going to turn slightly and say, um, I've been hired and paid very generously uh, by the, this this man here to play and so i am gonna do that okay and i just go back to playing after you say that ikiri leans forward on his chair musician is this creature bothering you disturbing your playing yes he just without even looking at mr sangal gives a wave and she walks up to Elizabeth and pulls out her wand and Elizabeth kind of takes a defensive stance, as does Churlet as. What are the three of you doing? I disappear. Where? Oh, I just go invisible. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I can do that. Is that a Psy ability? Yeah. Me... Or is that a Genasi ability? No, it's a Psy ability. Okay. Yes. Enduring invisibility under my nomadic chameleon discipline. As a bonus action, you can turn invisible and remain so until your concentration ends. Okay. Yolana vanishes from sight. Darvin or Aranis, what do you want to do? I'm still pretty rooted down. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> Big thumbs up for Darvin. <laughs> I theoretically, in like one motion, pick up my money off the ground and put it in my pocket and move on to the other side of Akiri from where this fight looks like it's about to happen. So, like, if he's sitting in front of me, I just mm-hmm. go onto the, like, other side. I keep playing. Well, no, I, I have to stop for a second to, like, mm. pick up the thing and put it in my pocket, but then, like... Then you resume. Then I resume playing. Yeah. Okay. It's what I've been hired to do, but it looks like there might be a fight and, you know, loot. So, I just... I move. <laughs> as you're playing behind Akiri, he just leans back in his chair as if he's about to watch a show in front of him. And he's listening to your music intently, especially now that you're right behind him and Em is singing practically in his ears. And he's enjoying it very much. Oof. 
Woof. Elizabeth grows like three or four feet, and you see her arms get bigger, and dragon-like claws emerge from her hands, and her face gets a little longer, a bit more dragonish. Churlet prepares himself for an assault, but as Mistress Sangal raises her wand and prepares to blast them with some form of very dangerous magic, <laughs> there's an exceedingly loud crack in the sky, like a lightning bolt. But you look up, and rather than seeing lightning, you see a giant root <laughs> come down and coalesce from the sky and strike right in between them. And it starts growing higher and bigger, and it is branching out hundreds of feet above the town. And you hear a loud, booming voice. My children, are these the sinners that wish to beg my forgiveness? And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 City Council level, thank you, Tucker Tuttle and Shannon DeMello. At the $10 Mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello and Sierra Jones. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a 5-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com. As always, we want to thank Vanessa Blockland for our podcast art. You can find more of her work on Twitter at Art by Vanessa B. And thanks to Daryl Dibber Reckonos for creating our theme music. You can find more of his music at dibbermusic.com and on Twitter at dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D-I-B-U-R. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend. This week's chapter is made possible thanks to our wonderful cast and crew, all of you amazing listeners, our generous Patreon patrons, and our special friends who would like to say hello. In other news, it appears that Marsh Haven is on the up, as those good eggs over at MondoCore have done it again by announcing an hello. 150 new jobs once they open the doors to the Phoenix Plaza. Various boutiques and offices, the plaza boasts a new exhibition space, famous Pete Mummy, and a much-needed cash injection in the local secondary school, Anna Kingsford College. Hello. Look, if you can hear this, then maybe all is not lost. Marsh Haven is not the place that you think it is. It has secrets, and there doesn't seem to be a sane adult in a hundred miles of the place who wants to know. Look, just spread the word. 
The kids are doing the best they can, but the country needs to know. The world needs to know that... Brits on Bikes is an actual play podcast powered by the Kids on Bikes RPG. Listen on your preferred podcatcher and follow us on Twitter at Brits underscore bikes. Keep on biking.